Hallelujah. Uh, the church that we're going to be talking about uh, this evening is the church is the church at uh, Thyatira. The two pictures that you see on the screen is two pictures of what uh, that city looks like today. That's that's the ruins um, of that city, uh, which is now in uh, what we call now Turkey. And uh, that's uh, the remains of what was when uh, this this letter was uh, written and uh, John the Apostle was on the Isle of Patmos. And uh, our lesson uh, covers Revelation chapter 2. We're going to begin reading uh, at verse 18 and go down through verse 29. And this is what it reads. And to the angel of the church and Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has his eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Now, I want you to notice so far, in every church we've talked about, he starts out listing the good characteristics, but then he comes to that word, nevertheless. Amen. You know, I'm a firm believer that every, every one of us has got a nevertheless in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. We all got a nevertheless in our life. Uh, some, some folks will not settle and get themselves a home church because they say, well, you know, I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, if you find it, please don't go because you'll mess it up. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Church, uh, churches, uh, uh, are like the people who attend, not perfect. Amen. And uh, so we don't need to have no, that's one reason why we shouldn't have no judgmental attitudes about, about nobody, Brother Greg. Hallelujah. You know, we're all in the same boat there. Amen. All right. He said, nevertheless, i got a few things against you. Because you allow that woman, Jezebel, uh-oh, Jezebel, she done stuck her head up again who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. Fornication is what the original King James says. We're reading from the new King James. And eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality or fornication. And she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her unto great tribulation, unless they repent of their deeds. I mean, there's some powerful stuff in this writing tonight. There's, I mean, I'm not going to be able to scratch the surface uh, with all this stuff. He said, I will kill her children with death. Wow. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. And I will give to each one of you according to your 
works. Now to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine. Now notice this situation about Jezebel. He's referring to this now as doctrine. So we are, we are tying this in with uh, the literal, the natural thing that was occurring, but also spiritually. Uh, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. Church, if it ever was a time, we need to hold on to what God given us. That's right. Hallelujah. We got we to gotta hold on, Brother James. Hallelujah. We got to hold on to it. We can't let go of it. Hallelujah. He said, hold on to it. Why did he say hold on to it? Because he knows the devil's going to try to steal it from you. He's going to try to take it from you. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel, as I also have received from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. My, my, my. What powerful stuff. Amen. What powerful stuff. Let me give you a little background about this city. Thyatira was a very wealthy city. It was approximately 40 miles southeast of Pergamos. We talked about Pergamos the last time. Thyatira served as the main business commercial route between Pergamos and Sardis. It was located in the northern parts of Lydia on the river Lycus. Thyatira was perhaps most noted because it was an important trade and manufacturing city. In particular, the city was known for its purple dye and dyed garments. Now, some of you may recall that a woman by the name of Lydia was converted by the Apostle Paul at Philippi, and she was a seller of purple from there. Uh, I'm going to read it. It's not going to be on the screen. You might want to turn to it in your Bibles, Acts chapter 16, and uh, Lydia more than likely was one of the first converts of this church. On the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customary made, and we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Tyre, Tyre. See how, how that comes together? Who worshiped God. The Lord opened our heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So, no doubt, Lydia... Uh, when she traveled back home, uh, the converts herself and the rest of them, they uh, was was part of the first uh, who um, was members of this church in Thyatira. Now, like the other Asian cities at that time, Thyatira followed paganism. 
we've been talking about different false gods that each one of these churches was influenced by. The main source of worship in Thyatira was a major was hosted a major cult of Apollo. Uh, he in mythology, Greek mythology, was the son of Zeus, and we talked about him in previous lessons. And the deity associated, Apollo was a deity associated with prophecy and the sun. Now understand that because when you get background of that city and then when, when uh, the apostle here is writing of the church in that city, speaking against the things in that church that he didn't approve of, it ties in with what, what goes on in that city. Um, he, uh, Apollo, was associated with prophecy and the sun, which would prove to be an evil influence on the body of believers in the church. Amen. So, that is a little background of what went on there in the church. Uh, when he was writing this letter, uh, he commended the church for four things. Uh, and all I got this all in, in the handouts there. Uh, he commended her for her love. Uh, the word translated charity in the King James was the word agape right here in the Greek. And it means pure, unconditional love. You know what? The longer I live, the more I realize I believe the only one who really has true unconditional love is Jesus himself. Because we claim it, but when one of our brothers and sisters need it, we have a problem giving it to them. God loves unconditionally. Hallelujah. And Jesus commended this church. He commended her for her love. Thyatira was the first church of the seven that was praised by Christ for their love. Love is a true sign of Christianity and the primary fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. A lot of people get that mixed up. And sometimes we teach our Sunday school classes about, and we, so we want to say fruits of the Spirit. You know, and we'll, we'll, we'll show our children bananas and apples and oranges, you know, and, you know. But the fruit, singular. Hallelujah. Amen. My pastor, Brother Billy Shoulders, enlightened me to this years ago. I, I looked at it the way that a lot of people do. He, he, he said, notice, he didn't say the fruits of the Spirit. He didn't say the fruits of the Spirit are. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love. Hallelujah. If you don't have love, you can hang it up. Love is the fruit that all the other things come from. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the true sign of Christianity. Jesus told his disciples before he went away, he said, by this shall the world know you're my disciples because y'all get up and run around the church when you sing fast songs. What? By, because y'all speak in tongues and shimmy shimmy song, I'm not talking about my bow tie. 
No. That's not a sign of being a disciple. Hallelujah. By one thing shall the world know you, my disciples, if you got love one toward another. Hallelujah. Now, there, 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 there's some things as a pastor I feel like as a congregation that, uh, that uh, we're falling short on in, in, in some areas that we, need, that we need to work on, that we need to improve on. But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the love that you can feel out of this assembly. I've been, I've been, in, I've been in churches all my life. And I, I've, I've never experienced it. No, I, I'm not saying I haven't experienced love in other congregations. That's what I'm saying. But I have never experienced it on the love that you have. Glory to God. You go out there and you start running these places. Hallelujah. And uh, you, you'll, you'll see right quick, you know, how, how some of I'm, I'm not crying and whining, don't take this wrong, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you this to make a point. All, all pastors, all pastors, every minister of the gospel where you're a pastor evangelist, get criticized. Hallelujah. And one of the biggest things down through the years that I've been cr- criticized for, for from different ones of my brothers is because I mess around too much trying to restore somebody. So some of them say, well, you know, you messed up. You can come on back to church. You sit on the back row back there. You, you put in your tithes and offering pan, but I can't, I can't let you be used no more. That's not restoration. If you go out here, if you go out here in a field somewhere and you find a, a 49 Chevy all the rest of the day with those cars on them and, and, and everything going on, somebody gets that thing and says, I'm going to restore it. commended this church because of its love. Love will will cover a multitude of sins, the Bible says. Hallelujah. That was in John 13, 35. Jesus said, by this all men know that you are my disciples. So the fruit of the Spirit, and this is also, you got this in your handout, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. It all starts from love. If you don't have no love, you ain't going to have no joy. And if you ain't got love and joy, 
You can hang up having any peace in your life. Amen? It's a building block process. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then he commended this church for the, her service. Uh, I found it interesting in my study that the word service is used in the King James comes from the Greek, Greek word dikonos, which is also translated deacon in other scriptures. The scriptures in the Bible that you find the word deacon in the Greeks, the same word here is translated service. The thought is intended to imply that of servitude of others. The church in Thyatira knew the importance of being your brother's keeper. No doubt they read Paul's letter to the church of Philippi in uh, Philippians 2 and 4. Let each of you look out not for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. We are our brother's keeper. You are responsible in the kingdom of God for the one sitting in front of you and one sitting beside you, whether or not you like them or not. <laughs> Shelly, turn around and see, that's why he don't like to come down here. I'm going to back you up. I'm going to back you up, bro. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Service. Amen. Uh, we need to realize that we all, Brother Darrell, are just servants in, in, in the kingdom of God. There's no big eyes and little U's. We're all on the same level. When, brother, when you get to the foot of the cross, I mean, you might be climbing a hill to get there, but, uh, but on top of that hill at the foot of the cross, it's level ground. Hallelujah. Amen. We're servants, and we need... We need to uh, learn to serve one another. Submit ourselves to one another. Amen. And humble ourselves. Not to think of ourselves more highly than what we ought to think. Well, bless God. You know, that church can't do without me. I'm going to tell you something. We can't do without him. He can do without us. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord to God. So this this church knew the meaning of servanthood. And uh, we, we, we need to strive, I mean, to do that. Uh, when you, as you go, as you go, uh, go about your, your daily lives tomorrow, when you get up and you do your morning prayers, pray, pray for God to give you an opportunity that you can bless somebody that you can serve somebody in some kind of way. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, don't, 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 some people get bent out of shape and talk about, talking about money. I'm going to tell you something. You, you can show a random act of kindness. Hallelujah. Amen. Serving our fellow man. Then he commended her also for her faith. Faith is indispensable when it comes to living for God. Faith is what makes us who and what we are in Christ. It's not none of these other gifts. Faith is what makes you who you are in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And Tower Christians was commended, commended for their faith. 
And then finally, uh, the last thing he commended the church for is her patience. Now, I have to admit, and I better not get in the way, men's. And I back hurt you up. You got to back me up. But patience is one of my lesser virtues. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'll be honest. I got to be honest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I have to work on that. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I wish I could find something else. I'm going to have to get Brother Swan up here to preach a particular message that we've been talking about. Amen. Patience, or the lack of it, is a major reason for tribulation in the lives of believers. Now, <laughs> now you may you may uh, you may admit that you have a problem with patience with people or certain things or whatever, but please, please don't come up and ask. Pastor, lay hands on me and pray that I get patience. Because you know what's going to happen? Tribulation worketh patience, says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why I get my fair share of it. Because God, you got to come up a little bit more, preacher. Hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. Amen. But God commended the church. Romans 5 and 3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Man, that's hard to do. Glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Glory in tribulations. Hallelujah. That's, 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 that's like uh, uh, back in 2000, uh, 2000, one, I think it was, uh, I, uh, I bought my first and will be my last brand new automobile. And uh, it was uh, a, a Silverado pickup truck. And I paid 500 something dollars a month for 72 months. And I got down to the last two payments. And I started to work one morning and a dog And our tribulations, just God will not give, I'll give you a free ride ticket to complain because he says, I've given you something to take care of that. Hallelujah. The church in Thyatira demonstrated patience to the point of being recognized by the Lord for it, by Christ. Okay, now we get to the part, and um, my time is running slow here, but... Um, we get to the part of the problem of the church, the toleration of false teaching. And Jesus rebuked them. Um, it was propagated by a false prophetess. 
Within the congregation of Thyra Tower, there was a sect of people who had no doubt come out of the local paganistic rituals of Apollo. If you remember, Apollo was known as the sun god and as well as the god of prophecy. There appears to have been a woman who claimed her power of prophecy was from God, but were in fact nothing more than what she had been taught in Apollo's temple. She was what we would call today a psychic. Now let me get on my soapbox right here. There is nothing that irks me more than when I find out a Christian, and especially a Pentecostal Christian, goes down here to Madam Sahara to get the palm red. If you want your palm red, come and see me. I got a can of red paint back here, and I'll paint it. God's people ain't got nothing to do with messing that stuff. All those are spirits of the devil. It's part of devil worship. Jesus began to get down hard on this church because they had people that uh, propagated that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, all of that stuff is of the devil. Lord of God, you... I, Somebody asked me one time, said, what's your sign? I said, Jesus saves. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. We ain't got no business mixing and mingling. I'm going to tell you something. A lot of Christians who's constantly having all kinds of problems in their home and their family and they feel like they're constant attack. A lot of times you need to start going through your house and see what you got in there that's attracting spirits. There's certain music you can play that can attract spirits. There's certain books you can have that can attract spirits. Magazines can attract spirits. Certain TV programs can attract spirits. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I mean, when somebody becomes a child of God, that's the first thing we need to do. We need, we need to make sure that we rid ourselves. Because if you still got stuff like that hanging around, then you're going to have a strong source of temptation to pull you back to where you come from. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's, let's, let's move on a little, little bit further. Jesus called her Jezebel in a symbolic way. What's that? No, no, that was a symbolic name. He used it symbolically. He, like in the Old Testament, uh, the, uh, the one who was named Jezebel, he typed it as, as her in the Old Testament because the one in the Old Testament was the one who led, uh, her husband was the king and led the nation of Israel into worshiping all this false gods and stuff. So that's why. Right. Her name really was Jezebel, right. This one, this one was not, no. Um, Jesus called her Jezebel in a symbolic way, representing the type of spirit, doctrine, and evil ways of her Old Testament counterpart. Okay. Now notice here. God gave her time to repent. He's... No matter how, of course, someone is, God still desires repentance and forgiveness over condemnation and judgment. A lot of times we choose 
condemnation and we choose judgment. But God prefers repentance. I don't care how far off somebody's got. If we're not forcing uh, giving somebody a chance to repent, we just we just well sell this place and go on. I had an offer today for somebody to buy some pro- some of our property. Hallelujah, Amen. I was here studying and I heard a door knock. And one of our neighbors here said, uh, "He said, you know, he says, you know, I live just on the other side of that creek. He says, if y'all ever want to sell the property past the creek, he says." He says, I'm, I'm not concerned about it, all the property on, on this side, but on the other side. He said, because I live on that hill. He said, let me be first choice. You know, if, if, we, if we are not for people repenting, we just, we just well as to move on. Amen? Hallelujah. God always gives people an opportunity to repent. That's where grace and mercy comes in. We may not deserve it all the time, but he gives it to us anyway. He gives us an opportunity to repent. Uh, He desires repentance and forgiveness. Then God said he would bring judgment on her because of the refusal to repent. God said he would cast her into a bed. Now, other translations of the phrase sickbed or bed of suffering, in other words, God would use the instrument that she used for fornication as a means to spread her sickness to those who committed adultery with her. Now, here, he's referring to spiritual adultery. Now, uh, or spiritual fornication. Now, fornication, we know fornication is uh, uh, being sexually united with somebody outside the means of uh, of marriage. And the Bible said all fornicators is going to have their part in the lake of fire. Uh, It's necessary, uh, you know, if two people can't restrain restrain themselves from one another, they need to to get married. Hallelujah. Amen. Because that's fornication. And if you're involved in it, when Christ comes without being cleansed of it and forgiven of it, you're going to be lost from it. 